How do you handle baiting when you're in conflict? Do you even know what baiting is? I really look forward to this topic. Hi, this is Kirk Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden, who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. How many times have you been in a conflict and you've ended up saying way more than you ever intended? This used to happen to me all the time. It still happens to me in certain relationships where I'm still quite sensitive to it. But I call this baiting. What baiting is for me is the ability to make suggestive attacks towards somebody in a conflict so that they will say more in defense than they intended on saying in the whole conversation. For example, if someone were to know you well, they could say, well, you're always like this. And then you want to prove that you're not like that. I consider that bait. When you're in a conflict conversation, it is critical that you consider this as kind of like a chessboard. Everyone's got their moves. There's all sorts of moves. There's bait and switch. There's a bait and attack. There's also uh, all sorts of ways that you can attack people. You can attack people they know if you really want to play dirty. And all of these things in leadership, you end up in conversations where people use all of these against you. I'm not one for, I, I don't like creating fights, but I like resolving them, which ends up putting me in the middle of a lot of them. I used to think I was responsible for resolving them all, but now I'm just comfortable stepping in the ring when I need to, doing what I know I'm good at, and then walking away. But first, the most important part of a conflict is visualizing whether someone is inviting you into the ring that they're used to fighting in. So if you can kind of close your eyes and picture a boxer, and the boxer stand in the ring, all ready to go, uh, doing a little dance uh, with their feet, making sure that they're ready to go. And, and then they reach over and they open the, the ring for you, the ropes on the ring, and they're just inviting you to step in. People who do that, intentionally or otherwise, you have to be very concerned about getting into that ring. People who are intentional with their conflicts, it's about you and them, not uh, not about uh, solving a problem, but it's it's very personal. The attacks are quite personal. Uh, there, there's language like uh, enemies and sides. All of those things are all indicators that you are in a fight that in most cases you shouldn't need to be and you don't have to be. So what do you do in those situations? Can you understand in your leadership journey when someone's inviting you into their ring? I say their ring because conflict happens all the time. Conflict's actually a great thing. I used to think of it negatively, but conflict means two people care in most cases. Now, there are people, though, who will walk over and say, I want a conflict, but I want it on my terms in my ring. And this is how we're going to throw it down. And that involves, you know, personal attacks. It involves professional attacks, all sorts of things, digging up the past that's been resolved, Anything like that, each one of those methods hurt individuals, and you do not, as a leader, have to sign up for that kind of hurt. So what do you do? The first part 
of it is to identify the tactics, which in most cases is personal attacks, professional attacks, uh, and digging up the past. Those are kind of standard go-tos. If you understand those as go-tos in a fight, when it's done to you, you won't take it as personal. So now you're preparing yourself for this conversation that could involve personal and professional attacks. Each and every one of those, if you've already identified that this is the way this individual is probably going to try and attack me, you're, you're, you're over halfway through this conflict without getting involved in it or getting into it personally. But if you don't expect the behavior, this is the one that gets me is I have moments where I genuinely care, I make myself vulnerable, and then I get kicked in the teeth. Those moments, especially if I didn't expect it, I have a hard time with the first one. What I used to do is try and react and pull my way out of it. What I do now is I go silent, I ask questions, and I walk away from the meeting. Whatever that may be, I ask questions and then I walk away. I do not try and engage the first time I see a behavior that I've never seen before. And I would strongly recommend, unless you're super street smart, to not engage in the first time you see a conflict like that. Like, what do you have to lose? Don't agree with them, but don't engage with them. Like, you can just say, I disagree. And that's it. And they say, why? You suck. Da, 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 da. Don't engage. You just say, like, wow, I didn't read this. It caught me off guard. And now I'm just going to, you know, walk away. And not retreat, but just walk away until I'm prepared for this conversation, if you need to even have it. That's that's the first part. So if, if you can identify people's behavior, in most cases, a lot of people behave the same way in every conversation. Stand them, like visualize them in the meeting, standing there with you and visualize their attacks. Have them all planned out for you so that you can uh, plan your responses. And only plan a handful of responses and don't go too far from those. So uh, the the baiting technique that uh, has sometimes worked on me, and it was actually like last week it was used, it wasn't professional, it was used personally against me, was the past, attacking the past and not moving forward. What you might need to do if you can't have a conversation with somebody because it's so conflict-based you might need to just have a, a conversation in writing so that you know the truth in your situation as per how it's been written and how it's been responded to. This can be really validated for conversations that involve a significant amount of conflict. And I know people don't really like it, but I love um, pushing through all of my thoughts in a reply. I delete the respondent but I'll write it all out in an email so that it makes sense to me. And sometimes as I'm writing it, thankfully, I realize I'm wrong with a few of those stances, but I'll write it all out so that I can, uh, I can persevere through it. But then the final piece is when someone baits you in a conversation, you always have time for one thing, and that is to breathe. So a technique that's, I think it's called square breathing, but you breathe in for four seconds, you hold for four seconds, and then you breathe out for four seconds. Just doing that shows you and your body that you have control over this situation. You also want to feel where the pain is when they, when they slash at you 
and try and attack you and try and get you engaged. You want to feel that pain, understand where it is. You could even write that down in, in the middle of the conversation. You do not have to fight back when someone's just trying to hit you with everything they got. Let them swing. As long as your head's down and you're not in the ring, they can't hit you. So let them swing away. In the end, if you're being, if you're doing right and not trying to be right, it doesn't matter. You can find your way forward at another time. So don't be afraid to walk away in a conversation, especially an unexpected one, without uh, engaging. Now, these are hard things to do. But think about your life as a leader and as a person and ask yourself, if you don't have these conflicts, so now I'm talking about prepared conflicts, ones that you know you're going in for a fight, and uh, you're not going to fight. You're just going to strategically do the right thing. You're not trying to win. You're trying to do right, not be right. You walk into those conversations. If you're prepared, remember what can uh, I avoid them sometimes, and I really struggle with this. But what I often do is predict a future without that conflict. So if I'm not going to sit in that room and have this conflict and deal with this issue, who is? And what cost would it be if I leave this for longer? And in many cases, as a leader, leaving things for longer, just prolong the pain, prolong the workload, prolong everything in your, in your life as a manager and as a person. So you better learn to get in the ring and resolve the issue at the time that is up to you. You are in control. In senior leadership, you are the only one that can deal with a lot of these issues. So come up with a plan, prepare as best as you can, and make sure that you get in the ring when you're ready. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. If you know other leaders who could benefit from leading lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com.